We're in the middle of a series called Five Easy Ways to Wreck Your Life. And as, as uh, Amanda talked about this, we've talked about multiple things. And, and this goes back to a journal that, that Solomon, uh, David's son, wrote uh, in the Bible. It's actually called Ecclesiastes. And basically, this is a pursuit that Solomon had on trying to figure out life. What's life all about? What's the purpose of life? Why are we here? What are we supposed to do? How can I find fulfillment, meaning, all those things? And so he tries all these different things. He says, I'm going to chase it. I'm going to figure it out. And as he tries to figure it out, he finds out that most of the things that we try end up being square pegs in a round hole. They don't work, they don't fit, they don't satisfy, they don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't move us to a place of meaning or even identity. And the first week, as Amanda talked about, we, we talked about this idea that if you want to you chase pleasure, that's a great way to wreck your life. And that's a lot of us in the room. We've all probably been down lots of roads that we wish that we weren't. We made pleasure our God. We said, hey, if it makes me happy, if it feels right, then let's do it. And, and we've been in places or, or we, we're in a place right now where we recognize that that just doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work is because God hardwired us for something else. Last week, we talked about this idea of, of what it means to let success consume you, let it drive you. And we get wrapped up in work, and we start trying to climb the organizational chart. We start trying to do all these things. And, and as we do that, we begin to neglect the most important things, and we allow our work, what we do, to become who we are. And the reality is, hey, listen, God tells us we should work hard. We should do our best. But it's not about that. Our identity is not wrapped up in what we do. It's wrapped up in a bloodstained cross and an empty tomb. You know, it's the last song we sing. I, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. God that we serve can break any chain. And he calls me not some sinner or some mistake. He calls me a child, a son or daughter of God. Son or daughter of the one true king. That's what we're after. That's what he wants for you today. And today we're going to talk about this idea of, of being isolated. And, and we've all been there. Maybe some of us are there right now. And as you think about some of your like favorite stories or favorite TV shows or favorite movies, you know that there's a hero and he typically has somebody near him or, or a couple of guys that, that do life together. And, and, and I'll just give you a few. Maybe you're already thinking of, of some of them. I'll show you some on the screens. Woody and Buzz from Toy Story. Anybody ever saw that movie? Love that movie. I hate the last one. It's just rough. I can't take it. When, he, when the kid goes off to college, I, I can never watch that movie again. Right? I'm just going to tell you, I'm a mess, and I don't know why I'm confessing that to you right now. But anyway, Batman and Robin is another one. Anybody ever been Batman or Robin for uh, Halloween? Okay, I like it. Some ladies have been Robin, Batman. That's awesome. I, I don't know. Anybody been Robin for Halloween? Man, that's a stinker of a deal. It's like, why, did, why not Batman? Batman's way better. But anyway, uh, this is one of my favorites growing up. And you got to kind of grow up in, in the uh, 80s to do that. Bone Luke Duke. Anybody love those guys? Just the good old boys, never meaning no harm. That's it. That's all I'm going to give you. To, but I, I, you know, dark hair. I wanted to be Bo because Bo always drove the car. Every once in a while, Luke got to. But I love sliding across the hood and, and, and running from the cops. I don't know why I wanted to do that. But anyway, you, they just had cool stuff. And Daisy Duke, probably my first crush. Anyway, let's keep going. Uh, Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen. He did. They were a great duo. Yeah, somebody's clapping for the Bulls. That's awesome. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, the Splash Brothers. They now have Kevin Durant, which is even more awesome. Troy Aikman had Michael Irvin. Joe, Joe Montana had, uh, had Jerry Rice. If you're a Star Wars fan, Han Solo had Chewbacca. He had Chewbacca. If you've seen the last movie, spoiler alert, he dies. It's been a long time. It's your fault if you haven't seen it. Anyway. <laughs> And then you go back to the 80s, we had Hall and & Oates, and I love that sweet mustache and that perm. That's awesome. I wish I could have had a perm in high school. That would have been sweet. Anyway, Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute, for those of you who are Office fans. 
the assistant to the assistant manager anyway. Uh, Andy Griffith and uh, Barney Fife, if that goes back and you like those shows. And then one of my, one of my all-time favorite movies, and, and don't look down on me, don't judge me, is, is Lloyd and Harry from Dumb and Dumber. They needed each other, man. They needed each other anyway. And, and as you think about the pages in Scripture, okay, you think about some of these heroes in the Bible, they had somebody beside them. I mean, they just did. They, David had Jonathan, Elijah had Elisha, uh, Joshua and Caleb. They were close and together. Paul had Barnabas. And then Solomon had, he had nobody. Nobody. And he was rich and he was wealthy and he was influential. He was charismatic. He was powerful. He was a king of kings. And Solomon had all these people around him. Bless you. But he had nobody. Truly great leaders, they surround themselves with a great team and they have deep, meaningful friendships, but you know this. There are plenty of people that, you know what, they start chasing something, they start trying to climb the top of something, and they end up in a place where they get to the top of the pyramid, and you know what, there's no room for anybody else up there. Thoreau says this, they lead lives of quiet desperation. There's a stark and lonely reality to climbing to the top and finding that you're all by yourself. All this hard work, all this effort, all this time, all this neglect of the most important things, you end up all by yourself and you're lonely and you're miserable. And, and, and if you've been here for the series, you think, well, well, Scott, but I mean, Solomon threw all these parties I mean, he had all this money and, and, and he had all these people come over and, and he had all these people come and entertain. I mean, he had all these people around him. I mean, he had 700 wives, 300 mistresses all around him. He, he, you know, he was adored by millions of people. He was a king. All these people wanted to be around him, yet how can he be lonely? And the answer was, he was miserable and lonely. You see, real connectedness has virtually nothing to do with who you know. How many people are, are in your contacts in your phone? How many friends you have on Facebook? How many followers you have on Twitter, Instagram? You can have all kinds of people, know all kinds of people, have all kinds of phone numbers, and be able to text all kinds of people and be completely miserable and completely lonely. Solomon's saying today, hey, listen, don't get on an island. Don't isolate yourself. Don't, don't go through life all by yourself. And whether you're a CEO or you're at the bottom of an old shark or you're a pastor or you're a mom or you're a, a, a man who's way too tough to, 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 to surround yourself with people or a student who's just trying to figure this out, Solomon's saying, hey, listen, success, chasing this thing all by yourself can wreck your life. So in your notes, uh, we're going to dive in. This is the first blank, and it's already the, the title of this, this series, uh, our title for this, 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 this thing today. If you want to wreck your life, here's the first point. Isolate yourself. Go it alone. Do your own thing. Go, I got this. I can handle it. It's all about me. Solomon says this in Ecclesiastes 4, 7 through 8. He says, I observed yet another example of something meaningless, which is the word habel. He uses it 38 times throughout this book. It's meaningless. Verse 8, there's, this is the case of a man who is all alone without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. I wonder who Solomon's talking about, right? But then he asks himself, what, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is so meaningless and depressing. Solomon's written in his journal. He says, I look around, I see all these people that are lonely, just like me who are completely all by themselves, no real connection with their spouse, no real connection with people in their lives, their kids, their family, their friends. And they're working, slaving, long hours, weekends, nights, chasing something that will not last. 
compulsively greedy for more and more, never bothering to ask this question, why am I doing this? Why am I working like a dog? What, is this really what it's supposed to be? And he says it's meaningless, it's habel. It's like chasing the wind. You can run after it all you want, but you're never gonna capture it, you're never gonna contain it. It's a waste of your time. Solomon gives us some insight, and this is gonna be the main text for us today. It's a famous passage of scripture. If you've been to weddings, you probably have heard this text, and, and I want you to know that it's bigger than just what happens in a wedding between a, a husband and a wife, but it, it's more about just what we're talking about today. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, it says this, and you just underline or circle the things that make sense to you. Two people are better off than one, for they, ha- they can help each other succeed. Verse 10, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one person keep warm alone? Verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. In your notes, write this down. Two is better than one. Two is better than one. Deep lasting friendships are always better than isolation and loneliness. And it doesn't matter if you're an extrovert or introvert or a man or a woman or a student or an adult. The fact is God designed us. He hardwired us for deep, meaningful relationships. I'll come back to this passage in a minute, but, but what, what, what Solomon is saying is actually what contemporary studies have already proven in research. I love it when, when, when all these smart guys out in the world begin to validate what actually Scripture is actually saying. Is basically, it's this. If we will just connect with people, connect with God and connect with others, then we'll have a great life. But when we struggle to do so, when we, when we don't do that, we suffer and we shrivel up and die emotionally, relationally, spiritually. Again, research is very conclusive that emotionally isolated people are more prone toward these things. Anxiety, low self-esteem, substance abuse, sexual addiction, eating disorders, sleeping disorders. People who are socially disconnected uh, are between two and five times more likely to die of anything other than those who have close ties to family, friends, and relationships. And this blew me away, this research. People who have bad health habits, but yet they're connected to other people, actually live longer than people who have good health habits and are alone. Case in point is, a, is Winston Churchill. He's this great leader, prime minister of the UK during World War II. He had these terrible eating habits. He was a big guy, he ate you know, horrible food, he was always either puffing on a cigar or smoking a cigar, chewing a cigar, and he was asked by a reporter, okay, Winston Churchill, do you ever exercise? And this was his response. If you've read anything from him, he's super witty. He says this, the only exercise I ever get is serving as a pallbearer for my friends who died while exercising. (laughs) And here's my conclusion. Better a Krispy Kreme together with friends than a salad alone. (laughs) That's Hatfield 1-1. I don't know if it's in the message version. It's not in the Bible, but it should be. In your notes. There's power in connection. There is. There's something about knowing that, you know what, I'm not alone. I'm doing this with you. You're doing this with me. We're doing this together. We're along, we're going on this journey together. There's something beautiful about that. And what's crazy is that, you know what, when we're together, guess what? We're stronger. We can resist temptation. We can resist being discouraged because we got people around us. 
And when we don't, here's the deal, we become more self-absorbed. We spend money that we shouldn't spend. We do things that we would never do. That's just the reality. And it's more than that. When you isolate yourself from others, when you go, you know what, I'm gonna do this alone. Here's what happens. You rob yourself and you rob other people. You rob other people of an opportunity to know your story. You rob other people of an opportunity to be encouraged by you. You rob, uh, you rob other people of an opportunity to serve them, encourage them, support them, strengthen them through difficulty. And you rob yourself. Solomon says these words in, in Proverbs 18.1, unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. If you think back to some of the times in your lives when you've done things that you go, man, I wish I could rewind the tape. It was either because you were all by yourself or because you were with the wrong people. Scripture tells us, hey, we need people in our lives. When you walk with the wise, you grow wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Solomon's saying, hey, listen, if you cut yourself off from community and you isolate yourselves, you're just cheating yourself and you're cheating other people because God designed you and I to be gifts to each other. He did. He wants me to be a gift to you. He wants you to be a gift to me and us to be gifts to one another. And, and I wanna dive into this text today, this main text, and we're just gonna live in these verses. I'm gonna give you a couple other passages, but for the most part, this is our text today, Ephesians, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. I wanna read it again. Two people are, be- are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but if someone who falls alone is in real trouble, Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Two can stand back to back and they can conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. It seems so simple, right? I mean, you look at this and you go, it makes sense. And you know what? You may be here and you go, I don't know if I believe the Bible or in this whole Jesus thing or in church, but it makes sense. And what's crazy is that it can make sense, but yet we never, ever truly apply these things to our lives. And we need it. You need it. I need it. We need it. In your notes, community with others can help us succeed. Can help us succeed. Solomon says it right there in verse 9. If you want to lead a life worth living, we need other people to help us succeed. And other people need us to help them succeed. And I don't mean just at work, I mean in friendships and, and in our marriages and, and in our relationships and, and, and just sharpening one another so that we can be together. As iron sharpens iron, so does one man, one woman sharpen another. We need friendships and mentors and people in our lives that we care about, that care deeply for us. I love having Pastor Roy in here this weekend to do this marriage thing. And, and I, we met Pastor Roy uh, when we moved to Seattle, and he's just been a blessing to us. He's been a mentor of mine, and, and I gotta tell you, I'm a better man because of spending time with him. My marriage is better because of spending time with him. I feel like I, I follow Jesus better because of just spending time with him. Do you have people like that in your life? We need people in our lives that, that can help keep our priorities in check, keep our pride at bay, keep our eyes on the right things, resist temptation from the enemy, push, push past the, the, the lies from the enemy, the discouragement that comes from him, and go, no, 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 it's not who I am. We need people in our lives to remind us of that. You, you can push past those things with people. In your notes, community with others will help us tackle the problems that we face because the reality is we're either in a problem, coming out of a problem, or headed toward a problem. And you know what? It may not even be your fault. 
But that's just the reality of who we are because we are going to make mistakes. We're going to fall. We're going to get knocked down by life. And we need people that are there to help us. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says this, if a person falls, look at me, and he's got someone there, you can pick him up. Think about your life. Who's walking closely beside you? Who's on the front row of your life that, you know what, if it all falls apart or something that you just did not see coming, a curveball happens in your life, you got people right there who goes, listen, what can I do? I'm already here. What, what can I, how can I, how can I help you? I, I'm, I'm going to walk through this with you. You have any people like that in your life? Life's hard. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. When you're deeply connected and you fall and you're going to, or you're going to get knocked down, it's going to happen. People in your life to help pick you up, dust you off, let's do this together. We're stronger now, let's get moving. Marsha Streeter, one of our members in our church, they, the Peru team was, was in Peru a couple weeks ago and we got news, man, the first day. They were climbing this mountain and uh, just kind of sightseeing a little bit and and they're going up, there's this big cross up there they were going to check out. A lot of groups, when they go, they go do that. And she was on her way down the mountain, slips on the, uh, on the gravel, the sand that was there, slips and breaks her ankle in two places. First day, man, first day. And all of a sudden, this team rallied around her, picked her up. Some Peruvians there heard what was going on, saw what was going on, they... They, uh, they, they brought a hammock up and put her in a hammock and they carried her down like a queen and, and she, she stayed the whole week. Her attitude was good. She had minimal pain. She just served her with a full heart and she said, I'm just gonna use what I can this week and connect and love the people that I'm, I'm around and she had a phenomenal week but listen, as she fallen on that mountain alone, she's in trouble. She's in trouble. You ever been in a place where you've fallen, you got knocked down? And you felt all alone. I mean, do you know how, how eerie, how, how deafening that feels to be by yourself? Solomon's saying, don't do it. I've done it. Don't do it. You need people in your life. Marines will tell you that when you dig a foxhole, you dig one big enough for two people. Because when it gets tough, and it will get tough, you need people in your corner. Solomon says, hey, but if you're, you fall and you're alone, you're in trouble. There's no one there when, when heartbreak happens or heartache happens or pain, confusion, failure. Man, what do you do? Where do you go? Who do you reach out to? You look up and there's, there's nobody there. Bill Withers in 1972, the year I was born, released this song, Lean On Me. And you know this song, and we're not gonna sing it. You want to, but we're not gonna sing it. But the words are, lean on me. When you're not strong, and I'll be your friend, and I'll help you carry on. And then here's the key thing, for it won't be long until I'm going to need somebody to lean on. We need each other. These words come from Scripture. They, it, we, we sometimes view people, and this is a weird thing. I don't know why we do this, but we view people in categories, two of them. They're either people that can help us or people that need our help. And here's what you need to know, okay? Those don't exist because we're actually in both of those categories. I am someone that can provide help for you, and I am someone that may need help from you, and vice versa. 
and for each other. We are someone that needs help. We're someone that offers help. Strong men are strong men that, that offer help. And there's strong men are men that say, hey, I need some help. They lean on God. They lean on other people. Strong men uh, acknowledge that, that, that they're struggling, that they're weak, that they confess sin to people. They, hey, I need your help. I need, I, need, I need your prayer. I need you to walk beside me. I need you to hold me accountable about this thing in my life. I need you. You need me. About men. It's an author named David Smith. This is what he said, and this is true about men. It's probably true about a lot of us in the room if you're not a man, but this is true about men. Within each man, it's on the screens, there's a dark castle with a fierce dragon to guard the gate. The castle contains a lonely self, a self most men have suppressed, a self they're afraid to show. Instead, they present an armored knight. No one's invited into the castle. The dragon symbolizes the fear and fantasies of masculinity, the leftovers from childhood. And here's what I'm learning, and I'm continuing to learn this, is that if men will just take risks to connect with other men and like lower the, draw, the drawbridge and allow other men to come into their life and be known, it'll change you. It'll transform you. It was such a beautiful thing yesterday. I'm just going to brag on our men for a second. At the very, very end of this, this weekend, this, this thing at Unbreakable, I, 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 I kind of challenged the men to share some different things, shared anybody to share kind of some things that they're learning. And I got to tell you, 80% of the people that raised their hand and said, hey, let me just tell you what God's teaching me through this marriage thing, it was men. It was so radically awesome to see men going, you know what? I don't have it all figured out. I've not arrived, but you know what I want? I want God's best. I, I, I need God's help. I'm gonna speak this out loud about something that I, I may be struggling with or I'm, I'm picking up that I need to apply to my life and my marriage. And I wanna say it out loud so that way you know it and that way you can even ask me about it because I need you and you need me. I wanna encourage you because here's the thing. This is the thing that we resist. I know this, I'm a guy too. You know what? I think I got this. I'm strong enough, I'm smart enough, I, I, I've got perseverance, and I think that I don't need you. And the reality is, it just takes a little while for me to realize that I can't do it, I'm not smart enough, I'm not strong enough, and I can't do this by myself. I need you. And the thing that we're afraid of, the thing that pride moves us away from is the very thing that we, that we resist, is the very thing that we, we need. And when we get it, it's priceless. I mean, there's some, some of you, I've, I've gotten to know some of you and I've learned about your, your relationship and your life group. You go, these are our best friends. They're family to me now. I, I, I need them and, and, and we need each other. And it's, it, that's, that's the church. That's God's calling on our lives. It just is. I, I write a lot of messages on Wednesday. I write out somewhere, and, and meaning I go somewhere and I sit in a coffee shop or I sit in a restaurant and I, it, it, it's... It's weird, I don't know if you, I need no distractions. In the office, there's, there's some distractions sometimes you go. So you sit out with a bunch of people that you don't know, it's really loud, and yes, that's what ADD is. I don't know why, but it's what I do. And so every week I go somewhere and I sit and I write, and, and I've done this for a long time, a long time. Did this in Lexington, did it in Seattle, and I do it here. And, and it's really cool sometimes for me to just happen to look up after, after I'm studying and just look up and see a, a table of men that are gathered for breakfast or for lunch, and they got their Bibles out. They're talking, they're laughing, and, and they're, they're, they're intentionally talking about their lives. And, and I've watched dudes just grab hands together and, and say a prayer and then get up and go back after it. 
I love that. that something about us men that we, we, we have very few friendships. Now, we might know some names and we might know a little story, but we, we I mean, like real, lasting friendships. People that you can be real with. People that know you fully. We, we just think that, you know what, I, I can do this all by myself. And we think it's even noble to, and it's not. It's foolish. It's even prideful. Guys in the room, and again, this is, ladies, let it land where it's supposed to. But guys in the room, there is something beautiful and, and, and amazing about a man who goes, you know what, I just need a band of brothers. I need some people in my life that I go, you know what, let me just tell you what's going on. I, I need some help here. Or, hey, can, can you... Can you give me some insight? I just need to bounce this off of you. What do you think about this? Or, hey, I'm really struggling here. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what the next step is. Hey, what do you think about this? Having people in your life, close friends, band of brothers, people in your life that will help guide you, hold you accountable, some friends that can rally behind you and walk with you and you celebrate them and and them celebrate you and they're there to help you up when you struggle and they're compassionate and merciful for you when you you make mistakes because we're we're all going to. In your notes, community with others provides the support and encouragement we need to overcome the obstacles in our lives. Those blanks are support and encouragement. We all need it. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care what your position is in the org chart. All of us need to be affirmed, reminded, encouraged, to breathe courage, to go back out and keep doing the right things for God. Solomon says this. This is an interesting text. I want to explain it. Ephesians 4, Ephesians. We're not going to Ephesians. Ecclesiastes 4, 11. It says this. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? So here's the deal. Solomon's not talking about singleness or marriage here, as, as a lot of times people translate that the only context is for marriage. And so guys, here's the deal. As I've been telling you, connect with people. We're, this this passage doesn't mean you're supposed to go camping with your buddies and who decides that they're going to be the big spoon or small spoon. That's not what I'm talking about at all, okay? Not supposed to cuddle, right? With your wife, apply, right? With another dude, don't, all right? Here's what Solomon's talking about. He's talking about the warmth and the joy that comes from being encouraged by other people. He's saying, listen, life's going to get cold. If you're by yourself, it's tough. The elements that we get exposed to can leave us vulnerable. And and that's why we need encouragement and support from other people to keep going, to keep doing the right things, to stay sober, to keep chasing uh, your your spouse in the way that God calls you to, to keep being the man or the woman that God calls you to be. We need those people in our lives. Because here's the thing. Whether it's the first day of school, the first semester at a new school, the first day at your first semester at your college, you need a friend stress of your job, trying to figure out how to navigate through the politics and even relationships that are there. You're trying to wrestle through, do I want to keep this job or am I supposed to do something else? You need a friend. You're waiting on test results. You need a friend. Bad breakup. You need a friend. You need somebody that is willing to walk through this with you. You got some bumps in your marriage because marriage is bumpy. You need a friend. You're wrestling through sobriety and you, you've got to take this step and check into rehab. Let me tell you, getting out of that car by yourself and walking through that parking lot is a lonely, long parking lot. But if you've got somebody who says, hey, I'm, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll go all the way, all the way to the door. I'll hug you, pray for you. 
You can do this. Solomon's talking about the warmth and joy that comes from the support and encouragement that happens in deep, lasting friendships. Here's what Paul says in Romans 12, 15. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Do you have people in your life that you can do that with? Like, they come to your head immediately. I'm gonna call them, or man, this, this just broke loose. I gotta let them know. Do you have people like that in your life? The Bible tells us that we should encourage each other all the more, all the day, um, to carry one another's burdens. The Bible actually gives us, in the New Testament alone, 57 one another passages for us to apply to our lives. The, the basic idea is this. We need one another. We do. People who are struggling with addiction, here's, here's the reality. And if, you, and if you've been in this spot, you know this. You'll never, ever conquer addiction on your own. Not until you join a group. You're trying to lose weight or get healthy. It's really tough for you to do that all by yourself. You need some other people who are willing to walk this road with you, eat better, check on you, walk with you, whatever that looks like. You can do it. If you're trying to heal up from a relationship wound, the best place to do that is not all by yourself. It's that people who say, you know what, me too. Let me share my story. Let me walk with you. Let me pray with you. Let me encourage you. Hey, let's get up. Let's, let's leave this joker. Let's leave her. You don't need him. Let's move forward. Let's, let's wait on God's best. You've experienced loss. Experiencing loss by yourself. The death of a loved one. You're not meant to. It's way too difficult. It's just the way that God designed it. And frankly, it doesn't work any other way. Solomon says we're a gift to each other. Two are better than one. There's support and encouragement in our unity. There's joy and authentic connectedness. And the last point, let me give it to you. This is it. Broken alone, stronger together. Broken alone, stronger together. Broken alone, stronger together. Solomon concludes his thoughts in verse 12 of Ecclesiastes 4. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two stand back to back. They can conquer. Three are even better. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Powerful concept, powerful application for us, a principle that we, we all need. Listen, you want to fight all the stuff that happens in this life, you want to fight against the enemy all by yourself, you're going to lose a lot. You're going to get conquered. But if you've got a circle of people that care about you, that know you, that are praying for you, that support you, that are always there, come hell or high water, in a moment's notice, you can, you can conquer anything. You can conquer the struggles in your marriage, the struggles with your kids, the struggles in addiction, recover from your broken past. And here's the reality. I, want, I just want you to know this. I've been mentioning the, 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 the recovery group that's here. We're all in recovery, all of us. We're all trying to figure this out. We're all trying to pick up the pieces from a broken past with a God who promises to redeem us and to sustain us and, and to, to do his best work in and through us, but we need other people to do that. Sometimes I run into people, and maybe you have people like this in your life who, you know, you see them, and then all of a sudden they're, they're just gone. 
like you don't see them. You're like, I, I need to call them, check in on them. You call them and you don't hear anything from them. You send them a text message. You, you maybe send them a tweet or, or you check on them on Facebook and they never get back with you. You don't know where they are. They just have fallen off the face of the earth. And you're like, gosh, I wonder if they're okay. I have no idea where they are. If something happened, did they move? I have no idea. And then they show up. And they do that here too. And, and, and there are people that I haven't seen in a while. And I'm like, hey, how are you doing? I've missed you. you you're okay? I haven't seen you in church for a while. And then this is what they say. Yeah, I've been going through a hard time. And I don't say this, but I want to go, yeah, right. And why aren't you here? Why would you isolate yourself? Why not connect with some people who, who are willing to help you, walk beside you, strengthen you, encourage you, be there to help pick you up? Hey, listen, I, you know, it happened. It's okay. Let's get up. Let's do this together. God's grace is enough. We need people. We need to be those people. Sometimes it's, it's, it's embarrassment or sometimes it's pride or sometimes, hey, you know what? There's some other people that know about what happened to me and so we just, we let shame drive us. Shame is this incredible isolator that the enemy uses and he wants you to think this. Here's what he wants you to think. And, and let me just, after I say these things, let me just see if anybody else has ever felt this way. Here's what shame does. We look and we think, you know what? No one's, no one's like me. I've, I've blown it. Uh, no one's ever screwed up the way that I have. I could never show my face here again. I might as well walk on everybody that knows me because you know what? They're never going to see me the same again. I can never recover. Anybody else ever felt that way? Let me just see your hands. Okay. Okay, good. I mean, yeah, that's all of us. That's all of us. Let's be mindful of that for those who struggle. In our isolation, we get thinking that, you know what? We're the only ones. A lot of addicts think that way until they end up at AA or NA or Solar Recovery and they walk in and they see a group of people who go, no, 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 it's not just you. It's me too. And then they find that most of us are like the rest of us and, and when we encounter this circle of people, it actually, we experience honesty and transparency and vulnerability and we experience grace and we experience truth to, to live lives that, that, that are changed and transformed and we can regain what, what we've lost and God can give back to us the things that were, were, were moved and removed from us. But we do that in community. We're all in recovery. We all need a safe place. We all need a place to be heard to be honest, to share our story, to share our struggles, to confess, to say, hey, I need you. Can, you. can you just pray for me, encourage me? We need people in our lives. We need an opportunity to tell our story, and we need to be able to have an ear to listen to somebody else's. And then supply grace and mercy and some loving truth to say, hey, let's, let's do this together. Solomon says in verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Two, stand back to back and conquer. Three or even better. Something about Solomon's words that are convicting today. You are not made to do this on your own. You do not live on an island. You have all these people around you. Why not, why not leverage the, the resources that God's put around you today and ask for help, get connected, take a risk, be a friend, meet some new friends. Broken alone, stronger together. Let me give you just a quick personal inventory and then we're gonna wrap up. Here's the questions. Only you can answer these questions and I don't think you're gonna have to think much about it. Here, here are the questions. Do I have a friend 
in my life that I can check in on at any time? Yes or no? It's quick, yes or no? Is there somebody in my life that could accurately name my greatest fears and my greatest temptations? It's yes or no. Do I have one or more friends that I meet with regularly? Do I have someone in my my life that knows me well enough that I could absolutely trust them and I could share anything with them and you know what, they're gonna hold it in confidence and they're gonna also hold me accountable. Got anybody like that in your life? You got some great news. Who are the people? Just immediately, you're gonna call and let them know, man, this is awesome, I want you to know this. Man, would you celebrate with me? Thank God with me. Last question. Do I know Jesus as an intimate friend? Because here's what's interesting. He is God and he's creator. He is sustainer. He's the alpha and omega, but you know what else he is? He's friend. And he wants to be your friend. In John 15, it says that, that, that no greater love is this, that, that a person lay down his life for a friend. So for you today, if, if you've answered yes to, to most, if you can't say yes to most of those questions, then the reality is maybe God's asking you today to take a proactive step. And your step may be to take your Connect card out and say, you know what? I'm too scared. If I wait, I'm not going to do it. And right, I need to get into a life group. Some of you today, your next step, it may be, hey, I'm struggling. Can we just go to lunch after this? Can we just grab a cup of coffee? Can we just take a drive? Some of you today, your next step may be this. I didn't know. I had no idea that God loves me this way, that he would send his only son to pursue me and love me in spite of me. And you know what, if all that's true, I wanna know more about that. We'd love to celebrate with you. We'd love to answer any questions that you have. Uh, We'd love to celebrate with you on November 6th when we do this baptism service. It's gonna be awesome. How can we help you? What is the next step that God's challenging you to make? And then here's the thing, what is God asking of you today? And whatever it is, trust him. Step out on faith and watch what he does. Do not isolate yourself. Let's pray. God, there are some in this room today that are surrounded, but they know no one and no one knows them. Or we have the appearance of, yeah, we're friends with people and we we know a little bit about people and they don't really, they really truly don't know us. We're harming ourselves. We're in bad places and we're letting the enemy have his way to tempt and discourage us. And so God, I pray that we would push this wall that is in front of us, that's around our heart, that's guarded us for whatever reason. I got burned before, or I've been in a life group, or I've never been in a life group, whatever that is, God, I pray that you would knock the wall down, help them to just take that step and to not let fear bully them today. God, there may be some people in this room today that are struggling with an addiction and they've been struggling way too long and, and maybe today the thing that you want them to know is that they don't have to do this by themselves. 
There's some people that came into this room today and they look really nice and they smiled and they sang and they clapped and they wrote down some notes, but they are dying inside. So God, would you have your way? God, remind us that we need each other. Remind us that we're stronger together. Remind us that that we are a gift to each other. Thank you so much for Solomon's words. Even though they come from regret, they can become wisdom for us. God, whether you're a high school student or a middle school student, man or a woman today, God, help us to lower the drawbridge. Stop hiding. Stop pretending. Stop trying to project this better version of ourselves and just be who we are and be real with people. God, would you show up in that in a powerful way? Thank you so much for this series and what you're doing. We love you, Lord. Thank you so much for your truth. It's in your name that we pray.